0: All right, so I, so I just realized you and I have been talking for about the last ten minutes before recording. I was going to throw on a hoodie, so so is, am I showing too much? Uh, am I showing too much hair?
1: There, there's nothing there, man. I, I think you're all right. You're 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 good. You know, if it was me, actually, since it's all white now for the most part in there, you can't really see it. But yeah, if it was me rocking a shirt like that back in the day, it would just be just flowing over, trying to get out. But I, I think you're okay.
0: Okay, so two things. I apologize. I literally look like I just rolled out of bed. I didn't. I, I just I just looked this way. Secondly, can you hear that? Yeah, well, I was going to ask yeah. you the same thing. Apparently, everybody at
1: home, you get to listen to his people working on his house, and Julie's in a, in a conference call downstairs. So, we're, this is amazing, it's That it? background noise.
0: It, it, I mean, <laughs> how many times, I mean, truly, it's like becoming comical, right? Yeah. It's like, how many times have we done this now over the last, I, I was thinking about it. We started the show in like 21, right? Wasn't it late twenty one? Oh my god! Because it, it's been it's yeah. been over a year. I mean, we're we're on episode seventy something now. So I mean, I think we started like November
1: of twenty one. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Just yeah. thinking about that's crazy.
0: But it's funny, like how many like of the seventy something shows we've done, I'd say there's probably been a good twenty or more where there's been workers at the house, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. I mean, I had so, what months of just living in some sort of weird transition yeah. where yeah so today
0: so so today's show is being brought to you by holy city heating and air <laughs> for your hvac yeah. needs in the charleston area
1: yeah just and the Axenfeld law group outside of westchester <laughs> pennsylvania <laughs> oh man
0: so funny that's so funny um all right what else did i want to talk to you about uh, t-shirts. We talked about that beforehand. Yeah, we'll it's time, to- right? I, I, mean, I think I-, I
1: think it might be a small audience, but there's got to be an audience for borderline t-shirts. Got yeah. it. Yeah,
0: well, in our logo, Davis Streaker, Rosie's husband, did an awesome job with with the logo. Uh, you can see it on yeah. the screen. It's just a small one up there in the corner, but um, I love our logo. It's got the little microphone on it. I think it's it's pretty sweet. I think it'd look really good on a t-shirt and maybe even like a trucker hat or something like that. But but I like I'd like to start with t-shirts. Do you do you like the softer T-shirts like like the ACL vintage ones, or do you like the
1: regular like Gildan, just the regular T-shirts? That's an interesting question. I think the original wear feels better with the softer ones, but the Gildan regular fifty fifty T-shirts yeah. last forever. You just wash them, hot water, high heat yes. in the dryer. You do that one or two times, it softens them up, but they last forever. Yeah, that.
0: my ACL. I think that's what our ACL ones are, aren't they? Just the regular ACL, the the black ones this year? I think are just Gildan. And man, I wear the crap out of that thing. Like, I need to get another one because it's it's, (laughs) it's
1: pitiful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've I've still
1: got a shirt. I used to work for the Charlotte Sports Center, blah, 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 whatever. We used to get all our championship t-shirts made, and they were Gildans, and they were 50-50. I've still got one from 2001, and I still wear it. And I wear it a lot, and it's still going. So that's... Once you get those things broken in, man, they last forever. That fifty, yeah. 50
0: okay. All right, I'll look. At, I'll look into those because I think those are even if yeah. we just do like a run of a hundred and just give them out, you know, yeah, like the to our favorite hour, we'll people, like yeah,
1: to actually get people to see who the first hundred will be to email us <laughs> with with oh, ideas.
0: Yeah. E- email the show that we'll finally get an email. There we still go. have
1: not gotten one email. Email um, contest for borderline. That's how we're we, going to do. We've gotten
0: it. we've gotten some uh, Facebook shout outs. I got one about the uh, media timeouts this week that we'll talk about with our guest but yeah um, I,
1: I don't get a lot of shout outs i get a lot of shout ats. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah no we, I, we've got i mean we've we've got some we've got a core group of listeners we do so, so appreciate by the way shout out
1: to wally and mish right I, I, apparently they watch our show and they're mad at us for not watching their show
0: what, and i said the, i do what's watch. Their, their show. what's their show
1: called bagging and bragging oh okay some sort of nonsense I'm like kidding.
0: that? I'm, t- I'm totally kidding. I'm just being a dick. <laughs> what? I've, I can heard what?
1: I've heard of it. <laughs> uh, Let me see if I can mark out some
0: time. I, I do. I do. I, I do watch around the ACL. I, that, that's mm-hmm. like my, that's like my, that's like my. You don't watch ACL day.
1: live though, man. What's up with that? Your Look, partner's the, the, on there almost every Monday night. What's up oh, with that?
0: Well, I'm assuming. Do you guys record that as well? You guys. No, live that's live. It? ACL live. Yeah, but but don't you record it and throw it up even after the nope. live? No.
1: Oh, it's so live, once it's gone, baby. it's gone. Yeah, it's
0: live TV, yeah. baby. Nights are tough. Nights
1: are tough. Yeah. 8 p.m. Um, Monday nights. It's tough, especially now we're doing all the traveling. It's 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 not going to be as much fun to just jump in there at eight o'clock on a Monday night.
0: Yeah, and you know, American Idol and The Voice, and
1: anyway, blah blah. You know, I've never I I watched. I've I've seen two episodes of American Idol, and I've never watched an episode of The Voice.
0: It's so good this season. It is so good. Yeah, I'm, I I, I, I still I, I feel even even though our kids are grown, Kathy and I will still watch it just because it makes us like reminisce of the times when the kids were small. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they, they we we grew up with the kids watching that. I, I just love it. So it just it just kind of I don't know. It just makes us feel good to to watch it.
1: Sure. I know. I, I mean, I, once again, I'm on the outside of this one. I just you know I, I don't need more radio and TV execs telling me what to like musically. So I I can make those decisions on my, and we've had this discussion before and we Uh could literally do a whole show on this for my opinion. I I think singing as, as great of a talent as it is, isn't necessarily the same thing as someone that is virtuistic in guitar or any other instrument. I, I think that, uh, I think you can go to any city and walk into any two or three karaoke bars, and there's going to be one or two great singers in there. And that's oh, how about all that, the- you Just you
0: just walk down Broadway. I mean, My point. All, all the artists who haven't been signed yet who are to those bars, yeah, unbelievable. So, I, so oh, no, there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of politics. You, it, you know, it,
1: it gets a little silly for me that we're talking about voices now. I mean, you know, you're looking for a cool person to make a pop singer out of right they've got to have more than just a voice because like we're just talking about there's a million people with great voices yeah truly millions of people that can sing you're looking for some sort of look what do they have what's that edge and then they're i don't know i'd save save the pop star making i i, I don't know i it, it it rubs me wrong for some reason i don't know why but the kids oh, trust the you, i'm
0: sure people are going to love that you're saying that because i'm
1: always wrong on the show so no 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 this mine is a non populist view
0: I don't know about that. I don't know. I feel like any I feel like anytime time we talk about something people always side with you whether whether it's jeans or whether it's what what are some other things that we've talked about? Maybe I'm very know. good remember, at the on, remember the whole thing remember the whole thing on skinny jeans and and that uh, yeah I mean that was
1: cool I guess about 10 15 years ago. Skinny jeans? <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, no <man. laughs> Look
0: at the guys on ESPN. They're wearing, they're wearing high high and tight as in, man. High yeah, tight.
1: I mean, I, I get it. If you go if you're do, being fashionable with it, right? If you're just wearing it as you would wear regular jeans, not so much. If you're being fashionable with it, with the, the shirt that you wear and the shoes that you wear and the kind of the whole ensemble, if you're doing that, then I think it works. But if you're just wearing like high and tight, just because I don't know, man. I don't know if it really works. You just look like so
0: okay. so all right. So I was just wearing my my skinny jeans and my ACL t-shirt in Topeka. So thanks a lot. So you didn't like, you didn't like that look, huh? You no,
1: Not really. I, I, your, your skinny jeans aren't really skinny jeans. They're just, they're form fitting. They're kind See, of I
0: like I mean, ha- I like how jeans it.
1: used to be. Actually. I, I, I don't I like skinny jeans. Want me to. I'm talking, I mean, skinny jeans to me really are skinny, like really super small. I don't think you're okay. doing that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the emo kids. kid. That's you know wearing like the really high and tight skinny jeans. I don't think you've gone to that level yet. I don't think you're quite there. You're you're yeah. just more in a form fitting zone. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, uh, ah, there. Yeah. They are. What are, what, are they sanding? What, what are they doing?
0: So it's a long story. <laughs> so you know we just moved to this house like six or seven months ago, right? Right. And we have now found all kinds of problems with the HVAC unit. One being it's really not doing anything upstairs because it's not dual zone, it's a long story. Uh yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you'll hear that as we go along <laughs> in the show. It's awesome. Uh hey, we only got a couple minutes before our guest comes on. So we got we got uh, a couple things. So one, we got to get to our power rankings. Mm-hmm. And I think I've got I think I've got background music for us. I don't know, I'll try. It. You know how I am with this shit. I'm not sure I'll be able to pull it off. But um anything about Topeka? I th- I thought it went great, dude. I, I don't know what your overall thoughts were. Oh, um, I mean, other than the some broadcast, the broadcast issues. went really well. We're all you know, we're trying to add all kinds of different elements, trying to kind of shake it up, make things kind of new. Off the broadcast was pretty cool. Um, the Buffalo Bills guys, I mean, we were had great. a blast with them at dinner, right? They um, were it was great Thursday night. Um, I mean, they they couldn't have been nicer. I mean, literally, um, they were you know shaking hands, holding babies, and signing autographs. It yeah, was, it was great. The, they were awesome. They were
1: great guys. They really were. Um, I'm sorry I missed not, out. They apparently they all went out. I, I stayed and helped break down. Uh, what was that Friday night? And yeah, so I guess everybody went out to dinner and then, you know, yeah. some frivolity. I, uh,
0: I, I did not uh, recover.
1: I, didn't until, make it I did not recover until mm, did you go? Monday? I did. see i yeah, i I just felt you know we were a little shorthanded staff wise with some changes that have been made, and I just I, I couldn't in good conscience just leave.
0: Yeah. yeah, so I stayed. It, it was um, bit. it was rough. Yeah, there were there were there were shots going around. Which again, at my age, you and I have talked about this before. It's just not good. It's just nothing not good happens. Nothing yeah. good and, happens. And one of them came from our staff member whose name will remain anonymous. And I couldn't believe that she did that.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I you know who you are.
0: They wrecked me. It it literally wrecked me for for forty eight hours. And I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. Thank God. I like I tried to. Like, <laughs> Like, like just consume as much water as I possibly could so that when I went to the doctor, he wasn't like, what the hell have you done to yourself?
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I just don't have it like you guys. I don't have the ability like, because you guys are kind of allowed to kind of come in and leave. Right. That's, that's how it goes for you guys. You don't really need to help set up. You don't need to do a lot of those things and I don't really necessarily have to, but when I don't, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of steam that comes my way from the production oh, crew. Oh, is so, there?
0: Well, we'll find out about this because our guest has just
1: logged in, so we'll find out. But he's not. See, he's not part of that crew, really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's he's you know he's more he's a media guy. He's not. I mean he he helps set up the the streaming stuff. Obviously, that's his world. That's 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 you know that's his baby. But uh, yeah, the floor setups and all that kind of stuff. I don't. Yeah. It, he'll tell you it's not much fun. And if you don't help him out, all those folks just sit there and glare at you the whole time. And since we were down staff, our guest wasn't there, uh Fred wasn't there, we had some other people that were missing. I figured someone maybe should stay and help them kind of tear everything down. But so I missed out. There he is.
0: Trey, do you appreciate the fact that he stuck around?
2: Yes, but I I guess what time I got in the building for the kickoff battle on setup day? The answer is 7 30 AM. Guess what
0: time
1: I left setup day? Yeah, see, he's not just a
0: streaming guy. He's not he's not just a Uh, dude. He's not just a brother. But he gets Trey's
1: the man. Trey is a very important person. He should be wearing a VIP badge at all times.
0: Uh, All right. He should have a VIP
1: staff badge, actually. It's like it like separates even more.
0: Uh, Trey, Trey, you want to stay in or you want to go when we do our power rankings? I, I, can, I can put you back in the green room. <laughs> you, uh, I don't, know, staying, what, I don't know what to do. If got, I did if mine if you yesterday. I
2: did mine yesterday. I'll show you mine. I'll show you mine. Go ahead. Go. go well, ahead. Hang,
0: hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. For this segment, by the way, welcome to Bordel. I'm sorry I didn't give you like this. I, I just figured I had <laughs> to bring you in. in <laughs> no introduction, already. man. That's No, no, right no intro needed. Wow. The worst No, no one does better introductions
2: Jeff Worst intro Jeff McCarriker has ever done in his life. Ever. Ever. I, ever. I, I,
0: I, I'm not gonna not lie close. to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm really feeling like a lot of anxiety now with you these intros. What? Because there's been so much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no How, wait a second, How do he do that?
2: Yeah, you when, you, when you when y'all get into my StreamYard account, <laughs> I, I get right all the now. buttons.
0: Oh! oh that's you right. You can override, oh man. So if
2: I want to start, you know, playing some music, oh, I can start- Now listening. wait a second. All
0: right. Uh, hang on. I'm glad <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna you to play some Taylor Swift. Remember when Bernie rankers. said
2: remember when Bernie said he was gonna come on around the ACL and ruin his show? Really what I meant was <laughs> I'm gonna come on your show and ruin your show.
1: <laughs> yeah. Jeff <sighs> told right. me he's like, Yeah, when you go on there, just 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 mess it up. Just just go on there and mess it up. Yeah. They, they don't watch our show. All right,
0: just save the Taylor Swift for just <laughs> I, 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 I alright. Yeah.
1: It's easy, yeah.
0: For you, you're hitting the dance pop. Okay, here we go. All right, here here's my music. Ready? Let's see. Let's see if this works for the power rankings. Ready? In three. Do I have to count it down or no? Do I just hit play? I just hit play. <laughs> it's, it's all you, <laughs> man. Your show.
1: Oh. Oh. you Hear it? No. Yeah. No. Now I just messed up the microphones. Yeah. Done. You hear it? You hear it? oh yeah there it is that's better
0: you like that oh wait a second that's that's our power rankings music what happened you You can you can control everything from there (laughs) all right here we go ready all right you want to go first bernie
1: i will if that makes you feel better
0: sure or you want me to go you want want me to go
1: in descending order or ascending order
0: How how about this you went first last week so i'll go first this week okay yeah, I like start I like starting at number 10. And Trey, you probably know this because you and I were talking about this earlier this week. Well, All right, so so really no music? We're not going to you're not going to let me keep my music?
2: <laughs> oh boy, I didn't realize that was real during the meet. Yeah, I thought you were. <laughs> Yeah,
0: no, it's like real music? Oh yeah. See, oh yeah. This this was my my uh, show music from my other podcast. You like it? It's a little loud. It's a little loud. Okay. It's a little busy. Okay, okay. Kill the music. This is good. This is good. No, this is good. <laughs> all right, staff. That, that's good. That's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, let them know, man. Get them yeah, in line.
0: Yeah, our, our borderline staff. All right, here we go. Ready? Yep. So All right, so, so I, w- I will say this by – I'll preface this by saying that um, I really didn't want to penalize players this week. For not showing up, especially, especially like a Devin Harbaugh, right? Obviously, <laughs> we just had him on last week, and they had their they had their baby. So, so I, I tried not to penalize guys. So here we go, number ten. I am staying with Jacob Gore at number ten. Uh, number nine, uh, I, I just couldn't take. So, so in Trey and I talked about this. So, of the of the ten, there are six or seven, right, that you have to have in there. And and so I've got maybe three or you know maybe maybe three in mind that are that are kind of subjective. So Jacob Gore number ten, Hunter Thorne, number nine, and and here's one that's that's just killing me. Um, but I'm I'm going to keep him in for right now. I'm keeping Jamie Graham in at number eight. However, Jamie, come on, brother, help me out. I and, and the reason I'm keeping Jamie in there is because like I I, I love what Nico's doing, right? And I love what Dylan's do- doing uh frank is starting to make a run ryan windsor i think is starting to make a run and so and so i'm i'm but but i still feel like i'm kind of biased towards the 2022 jamie graham and in my head i'm like okay these names that are on the outside of the top 10 looking in can jamie still beat them and and when i put them head to head in my mind i'm still saying yes so anyway so for right now jamie graham number eight but that may change here after the next after the next shootout Uh, Alex Rawls at number seven. Joe Neistad at number six. Maybe I could have put him a little bit higher. Matt Guy at number five. Justin Burton Jr. Number four. Kyle Malone, I'm keeping at number three. Devin Harbaugh at number two. And for right now, Bernie, I'm going to keep Mark Richards at number one. Just because, you know, my biggest question, a lot of people's biggest question was, can he do it again, right? Is he going to have a sophomore slump? Uh, The talent's better than it's ever been. Um, you know the yeah. pressure is on him. The bullseye is on him. So can he continue to do it? And from what I've seen, Bernie and you and I have called him on the live streams. He's been terrific. I, I really think he's still the same, uh, Mark yeah. Richards. So I'm going to yeah. keep him at number one for right now. Um, but obviously this could change. And it's so interesting because as we segue now into your power rankings, like mine, I, I really try to kind of take it all in you know I I take I take the subjectivity of it from what they've done in the past I take opens into it I take shootouts into it I take national I put put a lot of weight on the nationals obviously but with you I kind of like that you have a different look because you kind of take the opens out of it
1: I don't necessarily take them out of it I just don't weigh them the same way that some I mean look when you're out at these tournaments especially the shootout slash opens when they're together I mean people weigh a lot in the opens and I just don't have the same feeling about them Maybe I'm the one that's wrong, right? Maybe I'm the one that's way off base, but I just feel like the Nationals and the shootouts carry more weight, at least in my eyes. My 10 is remarkably similar to yours, a little bit different, and I'm adding that my number eight slot going forward will always be for recency bias. Someone that's showing out at a a very high level recently. You know, so somebody's going to... There's always going to be one player that should probably be in that's out because of my number eight slot. But that being said, I'm going to start. I've got Kyle Malone at number 10. I had to keep him in. Whoa. I've got him. I've got him at number 10. It's just I couldn't take him out of my top 10 because he's not hasn't been playing. But still in a number ten. Look, another thing about these. The talent level is so great that you've got 25, almost 30 players that deserve. You got 20 that deserve to be in the top 10 right and so saying someone's in the top 10 in and of itself it's kind of like a college basketball team making the final four it's an accomplishment in and of itself so anyway i got kyle at number 10 i got dylan turpin has just been throwing backs yeah dude has been on fire from what i've seen the last few months i've got him at number nine my number eight slot shocking who this is going to be since it's my first time making that number eight slot. cheyenne bubenheim welcome to the top ten and number eight, I mean, she's just been playing well. Obviously, in doubles, someone on
0: the screen who's going to agree with you.
1: Yeah, I just I think that she's she's starting to get to another level in her game, and she's slowly changing her game. She's never going to change it big. She's not going to be a role player. She's not going to throw a, a lot of those type of bags. But she's she's changing her game enough to where she can stay effective in this quote unquote new style. Number seven, I've got Alex Rawls. He really wasn't that far off in the national. I, I, you know, I, I still think he has stuff to prove, but I think the game is there. So I've still got him at number seven. Number six, Justin Burton Jr. I think when all said and done, at the end of the year, something tells me Justin Burton Jr. is going to be around that five, four, five, six spot.
0: No top five yet. You know, once he made a hell of a run of the shootout.
1: He didn't play very off. well I mean he was he was there late I mean that's what I mean He's going to be a top 5 or 6 guy Sometimes he'll be number 1 Sometimes he'll be 5 or 6 Right now I've got him at 6 Number 5 I still have Jamie Grant Just off of like you were saying The talent level still there I think you get Jamie Grant playing his best game I still think there's remarkably few players That can beat Jamie when Jamie's playing well And that's why I still have him in my top 10 Number 4 Joe Niestead I think Joe Niestead is finally showing us, and see the Opens do, Matt. I think Joe Niestead finally showing us what Anthony Ione was telling us at the beginning of last year. I think he's okay. truly coming into his own as a player.
0: Yeah.
1: Number three, and this will make Jason McCannon very happy. I've got Matt Guy in at number three, who I originally left off some of my power rankings at the beginning of the season. As I was saying with Cheyenne Bumenheim earlier, she's made little adjustments to her game so that she can stay competitive as we go into this new style of play. I think Matt Guy has done that. Not going to be a role player, right? He's not going to be doing some of the, the crazy stuff that some of the other kids are doing. But he's changed his game enough, manipulated his game enough to where he can stay competitive. And the rate at which he fills up the hole, you're going to have to be, you know, you're going to – you're going to have to do what Devin Harbaugh did to beat Matt Guy. It seems like right, this this, year. this
0: music clip is only five minutes long. All
1: right. Number two, Mark Richards. <laughs> I've just got flip-flopped. I mean, I think Mark's right there, but I'm not going away from my number one. I've had him that way all season. Devin Harbaugh is my number one player.
0: All right. Love it. All right, Trey, what do you think so, of our power rankings or borderline pretty power good. rankings? You
1: guys-
2: you guys hadn't had the 7 that I said on around the ACL yesterday that if you didn't have the 7 you're an idiot. So there's like seven non-negotiables. Yeah, right. there's seven non-negotiables. And that who, who do we go over?
1: Who are they?
0: That that's where I was that's where Burton. I would push back. That's where I would push back a little bit Bernie on on you because you know you're saying there are 20 players who could be in the top 10. I I, I don't know if there's quite that many because the Trey was just saying there's seven that have to be in there. Well, they that, that have right.
2: to be in there. But the, three, but the
0: three can
1: rotate, is what I'm saying. I mean that three. You no, know, is- the
2: three can rotate. The three yeah. can rotate for for sure. The yeah. seven that you can't argue, and if they, if anybody wants to argue, I'll throw down. I'll throw hands. Are right. <laughs> Justin Justin Burton Jr., Devin Harbaugh, Mark Richards, Joe Niestet, Matt Guy, Kyle Malone, and Alex Rawls. You yeah. can't argue. You yeah. can't argue those. In my yep. opinion, those are. Those are locked in. Bernie and I had almost identical top tens. Now the order was a little bit flipped in some cases, but the only only difference that we had is I didn't have Jamie Graham in my top 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, you did, and I put in Nico Morellas. So mine went and art. So I was the only one that went very recency bias here, which is not is not always like me, but I had mine for anybody that cares. Justin Burton Jr., number one. Mark Richards, number two, Harbaugh, three, Neistat, four, Guy, five, Malone, six, Rawls, seven. I had Nico Morella's at eight, Dylan Turpin at nine, and Cheyenne mm. Bubenheim at ten.
1: I, yeah. I, I'd like Nico Morella's What he's been doing recently is out of this world, I think. I just don't know yet because, once again, we're talking top ten. That's an elite, elite, elite level. I, I agree with I think right. he's, play, I I think he's playing a little but, bit more. Yeah, recently he has yep. been playing. But you know, give me give me one more big tournament. Like yep. that, and then he's in the top ten for sure. He,
0: he and Dylan yeah. both. I want to see just, just a little bit
1: more. But Dylan, I think, has been showing out, man. Yeah. Yeah, been- one, yeah,
2: one uh, gore and Rawl, Al Rawls are my first two out yeah. that yep. I yep. couldn't f I just couldn't find a spot for. Thorne is close there, but yeah, to me, Dylan Turpin, I, I just felt like I found myself so many times saying, just give me one more. Just give me one more. Just give me right. one more. And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, I got to cut this guy a break. I've been saying, just give me one more. And then he's in the top five again. Like it just,
1: yeah. it just
2: became a numbers game for me. Can he make a
1: broadcast? He's been really? one match away from broadcast, what, in the last three big tournaments that we've had? Just one match away, whether it's singles or doubles. Yeah, yeah, but who, who recently? Who's been the closest to that
2: type of mindset? It's probably been Devin Harbaugh, right? Now look right. what he's doing. So it's exactly. like it's one of those things where Turpin is going to get there, but once he gets that first one, watch out because then the mental the mental block is gone, and once that mental right. block is gone, he's going to be really really tough to beat. Yeah,
0: he's. Yep. Hmm. Well, I mean, we'll wrap this up because. um we got a lot to talk to you about Trey, but um yeah, I mean, there, there's just a bunch of names, uh, you know, the, the, like at the open, Jordan power played really well. Uh Justin Frazier, Ryden Windsor, uh, Chris Kingsbury, uh, Jeremy Hamilton and Gavin Cano, I think are playing wow. really well. I think they're super close uh, and Fisher just needs more experience on the broadcast score. But I mean, and Frank, Frank Modlin. I mean, is, is he one event away from maybe sneaking it into the top 10? I mean, who knows? I mean, Frank's playing really well, but.
1: I mean, um, how about Frank Modlin? I know. How about the old school final in the in, in shootout number two? He was Frank so
0: crafty against Justin Burton Jr. I mean, that, that was so impressive in that win. I, I could not believe the way that he was just I, I told Trey it was like it was like his bag was like an amoeba the way he was just melting it around JBJ's
1: bag. As a matter Everyone of fact, in, I got two questions for Trey. Trey, did you watch much of it? Did you get a chance to? I know you were busy. Yeah, yeah I
2: watched, I watched all of it.
1: A, I thought Jordan Power did really good when he came and sat down with me and Wally.
2: Yeah, he did. He did a good job. He and he agreed with job. me
1: most of the time, which made it even better. So I love sticking go. that to Wally. It was great. And, uh, but now the truth comes out. Number two, did you notice that like Frank Modlin seemed to adjust his level of game to who he was playing? Like he had he was playing some players that you really wouldn't put up in this top echelon, this elite echelon of players, and he wouldn't give you that level of play. Then all of a sudden you see him against a Matt Guy or you see him against a couple of other players that are at that level, and his game would just rise. And I, it, it's, it's crazy to watch. I mean, every time we want to throw dirt on Frank Modlin's career, he's not letting us do it. So I,
2: I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm, I, actually, i to got a question for Jeff. Jeff, right now in a ranking, would you take Dylan Turpin or Frank Modlin?
0: Oh gosh, that's a great question. That is so difficult. I mean, how how good in your mind? Because I'm looking before, So in the in the in the in the few times I've seen him live, he's put up big PPR numbers, right? How good of a blocker is he? How accurate is he with his block?
2: I uh, I think he's pretty darn good.
0: <laughs> okay, then the so would take, then I would take Dylan. So the reason
2: I asked the question, yeah, the reason I asked the question the whole time is because if we were, I think we're using a little bit too much of a name bias right now with Frank Modlin. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Frank Modlin threw a sub eight and a half at the kickoff battle and had a horrendous performance. If you switch the names of Dylan Turpin and Frank Modlin over the past four weeks we would be saying that Dylan Turpin has an inconsistency problem. And we have, we would say that Frank Modlin is a shoe in for a top five, top seven player. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But then when you flip them, all of a sudden it's, well, Dylan Turpin, I just want to see him win one more type of thing. Right. And then Frank Modlin is, well, he's just a great, he has some ups, he has some downs, but when he's best, he's better than everybody. Right. So to me, Frank Modlin flat out has been inconsistent this year. He had an incredible weekend in Topeka, Kansas. I love it, right? But where has he been since the pro shootout last year where he won outside? I haven't seen him do anything really of value at any of the opens. I know Bernie values the opens differently, and that's right. It should, right? I maybe value them a little bit more than Bernie does. But regardless, the point is – I haven't seen Frank and he had a heck of a tournament this past weekend. So shout out to him and kudos to him, but in no way, shape or form in my, in my mind, should Dylan Turpin be, you know, like not in the Dylan should be ranked higher than Frank in, in, in uh, across the board, because Dylan has just flat out for the past six months been much more consistent.
0: And, 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 and that's what I've got. I mean, I've got, I've got Dylan and Nico both, uh, probably four slots ahead of Frank right now. Yeah, you know, because I stretched it out, I did our ten and then I went to our next five and the next three is what I did after that. So how wow. well is Nico Morales playing. playing?
1: Seriously. How well is Nico Morales playing? Yeah, so
2: so so Nico, I'm totally fine if someone wants to play the, let me see a little bit more, right? Yep. Because last year he was this, right? Yep. And I think we're getting more of a consistent Nico right now. I think. But it's totally in my mind fair to play the card of let me see a little bit more consistency because we played the let me see more consistency card for Dylan last year, and that's that. And now yeah. he's going into this year, and I think yeah. he's earned it.
1: But don't I you think so. that's part of, don't don't you think that's part of yeah. getting to this level, getting better, becoming elite? You, you have to be taking you, your your game just gets chewed up differently. We're we're going to put you under a magnifying glass on a different level than we did before. So it's it's great to be playing better but now you get us to t- you know just taking apart every little tournament you play. In. But yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Sorry.
0: Yeah, fair. No, sorry, Bernie. I I just want to keep moving cuz we got so much to talk about and we got about 15 minutes left already. <laughs> so so let's let's start with the big picture here, Trey. Um uh you you've heard us talk about this on the show over and over and over again. I I had a huge fear coming into the 2023 season. With all due respect to Eric Davis, I'm going to throw him under the bus right now. Just as an example, I I was afraid that the game was moving to a totally 100% block and defensive game. First bag block, I'm going to block you, and it's just going to be ugly. I'm going to be rolling off the board. I'm going to be air mailing and missing, bouncing off the board trampoline. It was going to be a shit show for lack of a better, bad, lack of a better term, and I'm not going to watch it. And, and, and that's that's a perspective that I try to bring to the show is, you know, you and Anthony are so analytical with your engineering minds and so brilliant. And you guys dive into the stats. I feel like I come to this and Bernie and I have talked about this. I feel like I come at this with a different perspective as a fan. What do I want to see with everything on TV, with the NBA, with USFL, with with the XFL, with everything that we're watching, the news channels, everything local? You know, what's going to make me stop and watch Cornhole? As someone from Iowa that doesn't normally watch, right? So, so I come at it at, at maybe a little bit different angle as a fan. I want to see something that's exciting that I can't do, and and so I was really worried about the about you know the direction that the game was going. That being said, Trey, I have been so entertained. It has been so great to watch. And I think one of the best analogies was something that Bernie made. We're not seeing first bag block. We're not seeing strictly dirty play. We're not seeing strictly defensive play. We're seeing some bags going in, right? We're seeing some scoring. We're seeing some pretty good numbers. But when the adjustment needs to be made, when, when you need to, to, to snap out of that man-to-man and go to zone or go to a box and one, now we're starting to see some blocks, right? And I'm loving this style of playing. It's been so exciting to watch. And and And, and just one more thing. You know, I, I want to see greatness when I'm watching pros play any sport. And I feel like this season we're seeing greatness, man. We are seeing slide shots. We're seeing 16, 20, 24 in a row. But when someone needs to lay a block, we're seeing a block being laid. When we're seeing a roll bag that needs to be hit, we're seeing a roll bag that, that hits. A cut shot. I, are you digging what you're seeing? I'm loving it so far.
2: Yeah, so I think what we're seeing is that we're getting to a sweet spot because what happens is let's go back, let's do a little history. Let's say pre-ACL 2016, 2012 through 2016, all of the bags on the market, and this is more of a cornhole lesson in history and everything like that, all the bags on the market, mostly duck cloth and suede, Right. And so everybody, and the bags were bigger. We're talking six and a half inch, six and a quarter inch template bags. Those things are massive, right? And so if you threw a 10 in a round, that was a win, right? Because the bags were so sticky. They didn't fall in the hole easily. You rarely got drags on air mails, rarely. It just wasn't that. So we had a very sticky, blocky game that was very difficult to get close to the hole. Then, when 2017, 2018 come along, the ACL starting to get its footprint is when we saw this first wave of let's manufacture bags that can just drip in the hole and fall mm-hmm. in the hole really easily, right? The game changer was a leader in that market. There are other bags that, you know, people call them cheater bags, <laughs> right? And, and yeah, funny I've enough, heard that term, yeah. Funny enough, that's why there used to be a brand called Cheetah Bags, and the reason it was called <laughs> Cheetah Bags is because cheater bags. That's just you know a little history for you. So as we sw- swung that way, it was more and more about run as many bags in the hole as you can, right? And we saw another level of frustration. Well, we had we rode that wave from like 2018 all the way till like 2021, and as we pivoted into 2021-2022, we saw a swing the other direction. And every, that's when the roll bag came out, the, the development of the roll bag. And everybody wanted to roll. Everybody wanted to cut. And so all these young kids are doing it, and everybody wants to learn it. Give me the stickiest bags I could find to do all these fancy shots. And so we saw it swing the other direction, right? And your fear was, we're just going to keep going. And But all along, every time we've hit these extremes on other end, I tell people, you always turn back towards the mean. And so what we're seeing is we're now seeing a correction coming back towards the center. Okay. We may swing back out a little bit to more some fast bag markets, but the idea is we started on way ends the spectrum and now we're navigating, trying to get in. And who are those, those that are going to be really, really good and good for a long time are now your hybrid players, right? Yep. Three players that are the perfect quintessential example of a hybrid player over these in their development over the past year. Justin Burton Jr., Mark Richards, and Devin Harbaugh. If you look at them, they all have different strengths, but they have adapted to the other side. Harbaugh and Burton Jr. are your sticky bag players, your role players, your big pushes, all of those quintessential shots of the sticky bag generation, but they have adapted to learn that sometimes I need to throw 30 bags in the hole in a row, right? And they'll do that, and that's why they're excelling. On the opposite end of the spectrum, Mark Richards is a fast bag player, put all the bags in the hole. What has he done over the past six months? He has developed a block game and he has developed a role game to make himself more of a hybrid player rather than just a quintessential running bags player. So yes. I, think, I think the fear can be alleviated from a lot of people because, yes, in some instances – You're going to have players like Matt Guy always win because they're really good. And sometimes you're going to have an Eric Davis who only does that type of game win because he can execute at a high level. But on average, you're going to look at the top of the rankings moving forward. You're going to see plenty of Justin Burton Jr., Mark Richards, and Devin Harbaugh strictly because they have adapted their game to be able to hit both sides of the spectrum.
1: I'm glad you brought this up. Jeff, because it's so funny. Before we, you were coming on air, I was like, I hope I get a chance to ask this question. And this game has gone through it in evolution, but it's happened so fast. These evolutionary periods you're talking about are happening so fast. Do you think there's another one? And I, that's why I'm glad you're on this. Do you think there's another evolution coming down the pike? Or do you think, kind of like you were saying, we're settling into this kind of hybrid, middle-of-the-road type player? Do you think that's where we go? Or is there a player coming along That's on one side or the other, that's just so good at that one side of the. I just, I don't see how you can run bags better than Matt Guy. Right? Like, I I don't know if the evolution comes from that direction. I think it would have to come from an Eric Davis style player that's just so good at that style that you can't score on it or her, whomever it may be. I don't see it either. I think you have to be an all court player, if you will. But I just, I just wondered if you thought the, if there was going to be another evolution coming.
2: Well, look, I think the evolution can come from a variety of different ways, right? And maybe it comes on the rules side. You know, we're talking about doing mm. some cool stuff on, on the rules side. I mean, yep. I it would not surprise me if next season we're looking at the opportunity to switch bags mid-game or something like that. That is that is an opportunity of something in the future. And then it becomes, well, again, it kind of goes back to that hybrid player really being able to adjust and really be able to to – to, to, flip a switch and be able to say, now I'm transitioning this game. I'm down 12 to five. Something's not working. Let's flip that switch and work a different style of game. So I, it's, you know, I think there are ways that we can still innovate in ways that we can evolve as a sport without necessarily having to do it on the play style front.
0: Well, that was one of my po- points all along with all this is, and, and you kind of touched on it, Trey, is that while I respect Tony Smith's game, I respect Eric Davis's game, I, I really do. And I, and, I, and I do like watching that from time to time. My thought all along has been, I don't think you can be a consistent championship player when you are all in on one way or the other. And, and, that, and that was my concern. And now that we're starting to see guys down the middle, and you specifically mentioned Justin Burton Jr. Those are the guys who consistently can win a championships at a high level. So, you know that that's that's what my concern was for guys like Eric Davis and Tony Smith. All right, uh, a couple couple things as far as the game itself goes: um, shot clock, uh, and and media timeouts. I actually got a message from from somebody about, uh, and actually I think it was on my on my Facebook page, so I think everybody could see it, but. Uh, he was obviously was not a fan of the media timeouts. I don't have a problem with it. But again, it's probably because I do other sports. And we have media timeouts in football. We have media timeouts in basketball. I, I get it. It disturbs momentum. But I also like it because it's a different dynamic of sport. Cheyenne and Frank were down what 11-4, I think, in the media timeout. And Bernie, you see this all the time, and I see it on the college basketball side. You know, you can have all kinds of momentum, media timeout comes, and now you got to keep that momentum coming. You know, I, I don't think it's necessarily a negative. I think it's just a dynamic of the sport that you got to adjust to, and I like it. I, yeah. I, I don't,
2: I don't dislike yeah, it. at all. and I, yeah, go ahead, Trey. I was going to say, and it's not as if we place the media timeout because we're like, let's have a media timeout, right? So, a little backstory, <laughs> two two second, you know, real quick story is the reason this the good, media timeout point. was created is that currently in all of our other broadcasts, go back and watch them. We were always forced to take what we call double breaks, where we would have, a sh- have play. We would take a commercial break. We'd come back and have to do some type of boring filler segment for a minute, minute and a half. So true. Then we'd go to break and then come back and start the next match. Or in case of the Nationals, on once per show, we'd have to do a triple break where we would do a match, go to break, filler segment, go to break, filler segment, go to break, go back. And we actually did the math and went into the analytics and found that there were some broadcasts in which there were 16 minutes in between bags thrown across games, wow. 16 minutes. And it was absolutely killing the viewership during the game because people were like, I don't want to watch this, right? So, what the in breaks, what the breaks in between matches allow us to do is no longer do we have any form of double break within a show. We can continuously be showing games. So, in the shootout series, we only need to do one media timeout. So, we do it to doubles so we don't handicap men's or singles unfairly. Doubles gets the media timeout, and then every game in the Nationals gets it. So, it spreads those breaks out and it keeps people tuned in and it keeps the audience plugged in without feeling like you're losing anybody in between these timeouts. So that's why the media timeout was created in Cornhole. And ultimately I had I had a good you know I had a good comment from somebody as we're going back and forth, because this is a lengthy decision in the offseason. We were going back and forth and finally one of our producers literally goes, guys, right now we're debating whether or not it's a good idea to have a media timeout. Do you think Tom Brady gets a say in whether or not he has to take a media timeout <laughs> when he's making a Super Bowl game winning drive? I mean He makes a good point, right? We have to adjust as a sport. There's going to be more things like this that come up during sports, and um, it's just got to be part of the evolution. But I I wanted to, I think, adding that flavor as to why the timeout was added uh, gives you guys a little indication.
0: That that is a great point, Trey. And yeah, I I I can't believe it was 16 minutes. I mean, I I I remember many times, you know, David would tell us, David Harris, our producer, would tell us in our in our ear, okay, you know, we got about eight or nine minutes here. And to me, that was a long time. Let alone 16 minutes. I mean, I, I guess yeah. I can equate it to the NFL, and they still do it sometimes, where you get touchdown, timeout, extra point, timeout, kickoff, timeout, and then you're playing. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, that's basically what we're talking about. And people hate that in the NFL, right? They hate it, right? And that's kind of well, what well they hate it. To. And
2: imagine if the NFL, imagine if the NFL, when they came back from break, didn't show any play whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Imagine if they were like, "All right, we're back, but uh, here's yeah. a story on the coach." All right, we're going back to break. It's like, no, it's the fourth, it's the first quarter. What's going on here? And the, yeah. that's ultimately that why the decision was made.
1: Uh, yeah, great perspective. It just, I, I think some player. I mean, I'm just going to give you the in the arena issue that everyone's coming up to me and talking about. It kills. It kills whatever's there. If you have a match and they're like, I'll give you the Gore uh, Harbaugh match where there was intensity in that building, it was gone after the timeout. And it's just hard. And that's fine. It's more about TV. We all understand that. But it just kills whatever's in that arena. It really does. And that's that's hard to get going again. And I think that's what people are so bummed. And obviously, players are going to complain if they're playing well. Media timeout, not playing well. You're a professional. You have to adjust, right? Just like you were saying the Tom Brady thing. I mean, you not, not everything is about you all the time.
2: You say it kills something. I say it starts something. Okay. That media timeout started a twenty bag in a row streak by Frank Mollin and Cheyenne Bubenheim. When they sure. took that when that media timeout was taken, after that point, they did not miss a single bag for the remainder of the game. It was that TV timeout that started that comeback, right? Sure. You could argue the timeout between Gore and Harbaugh started the ability for Harbaugh to reset and go on a run. So not disagree I, I can no. argue it both. I can argue with it both ways. Yeah. I'm talking
1: more the feeling in there. Like you guys that have your headsets on, you don't feel it the same way. There's an energy in the room That energy goes away. So then they have to re, the players then have to kind of remanufacture that energy. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's not good or bad or whatever. I'm just saying the energy dies. Well, and, and, that's, and this, you know,
0: this is a great this is a great segue, Bernie, because that's another really good point and and something else I wanted to bring up is the fact that we've got a DJ and music now this year. Right, and I and I and I think oh. that that is another great call by the league. And I know, I know, you know, we've all been had parts of discussions with this. I was a huge fan of it. You, you know that I am, Trey, because I brought up the point they kind of do it in the NBA. Sometimes they'll play a little beat under the transition, not have it be disruptive to the players. I love that we're doing that. And Bernie, I, th- I think that that's going to help with the energy behind the scenes. It's like you know, when I go to an Iowa football game, and I, I hate to throw my people from Iowa under the bus, but when you go to an Iowa football game and their games are on Fox, you get to a four-minute timeout, and it's just dead, right? I mean, they're thanking the hospital people. They're thanking some lawyers. They're thanking some sponsors. (laughs) And, I mean, you guys are getting sleepy, me just saying it, right? You go to an Alabama – and sorry, Trey. You go to an Alabama football game, and it's like like the, the people can't wait for the media timeout. (laughs) <laughs> it's a flipping party for four minutes. Yeah. Everyone's up in their seats. They're all dancing. They're all singing Roll Tide songs. I mean, it's it's a it's a party, and all of a sudden, oh, shit, yeah, there's a football game. we got to get back to football. So I think I think a lot of that is how you position yourself during the timeouts. And, Trey, I, th- I think we're on the right – and, Bernie, to your point, I think we're on the right path with that, keeping that energy up, keeping the DJ going, keeping the music, the sing-along shit going, and then all of a sudden we get back into the match, and the energy's still there. I love that. I absolutely love it. Yeah, just and we –
1: Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, I know you guys are short on time, so I'll keep this quick. But w- one thing, the reason, main reason we took a DJ is we identified that there was a problem in general with just the overall culture and the vibe of these cornhole broadcasts and that the quieter you kept it, the quieter the crowd becomes. And we don't want to become golf. We don't. Um, golf is great and has some amazing things. But the energy in which we should be bringing should mimic other sports and not something where fans need to feel like they need to be silent the entire time in order for people to to concentrate. Right. We want it to be upbeat and energetic because that translates to the broadcast, makes the league more marketable, makes the broadcast better and influences people to come out and come see our events from a spectator perspective. So there had to be a, a, a strategic effort in, to, in order to up the intensity and the excitement of the broadcast. And the DJ is really just step one of doing that.
1: Got, got to get cornhole people to get more excited. I'm with you. There has to be a way because they yeah. they do like sitting yeah. and being quiet for some reason.
0: Well, trade TV, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I was part of these discussions at the College of Charleston. And unfortunately, uh, the, the new regime has killed their TV package for the last several years. But TV is a is a medium to show off your product. And when it looks exciting, it looks energetic, what happens? It looks like the place to be, and people want to go. And and, yeah. and you can talk to the people at ESPN and Fox and, and CBS. They disagreed at the College of Charleston, but they, they are in the minority. It is true. When you watch and you see that energy on TV, it doesn't make people want to stay home. It makes people want to go and be a part of something. Right. So I, I love that. Well, shit, geez, yeah. All right, we didn't even get a chance to talk about Vegas. One, one of our one of our best shows, I think, one of our highest-rated shows, or most watched, probably was the show that we did about all the odds. And, and Trey, I think you guys are killing it. We'll have to do it some other time, maybe do a part two here in, in a week or two. But um, I'm, I'm hearing more and more chatter all the time about the odds and yep. people having fun betting on the sports. So, hey, dude, we got to go. Love you, brother. Seriously, thanks for coming on, and we'll do it again, uh, I don't know, next week or two, whenever, whenever you got free time for us.
2: Sounds good. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming in.
0: Hey, I missed you on TV, by the way. Yeah. Oh you <laughs> didn't even hear what I said. I, we, I was trying to have a tender moment with you and tell you I missed you. <coughs> <coughs> I missed you guys, too. I yeah. wish I was there. Yeah, that sounds real genuine. All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> See you. All right, Bernie. Uh, have a good weekend, dude. Yeah, man. See you in Miami
1: a couple weeks. All right. All
0: right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye.